0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Community Church online worship service. Today, you'll hear the Word of God read, the message from this weekend's in-person service, and two songs to guide you in worship. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Hello, everyone. How are you all? It's good to see you all. Um, have I mentioned that I'm turning 40 this month? Just once or twice? Mentioned it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when they were guacamole, avocados are great, but otherwise, no. Um, well, yeah, I'm turning 40, and it, I wasn't going to say anything until Lee said the thing about his son turning 33. And then it was like, I'm not that far from his son's age. Don't tell him that. <laughs> um, So we're we're starting a new sermon series now, and I'm going to talk a little bit more after I read the Scripture. But this sermon series is going to be focused on the healings in the gospel of Mark. So I'm going to start with Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. And this is one of the longer stories in the gospel of Mark. So I'm not going to read this one twice like I did with the parables. So listen close the first time. This is Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. They came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes, And when he had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. For he had often been restrained with shackles and chains, but the chains he wrenched apart, and the shackles he broke in pieces. And no one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains he was always howling and bruising himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and bowed down before him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, My name is Legion, for we are many. He begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there on the hillside, a great herd of swine was feeding and the unclean spirits begged him, send us into the swine, let us enter them. So he gave them permission and the unclean spirits came out and entered the swine and the herd numbering about 2000 rushed down the steep bank into the sea and were drowned in the sea. The swine herds ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came to see what it was that had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the demoniac sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had had the legion, and they were afraid. Those who had seen what had happened to the demoniac and to the swine reported it. Then they began Jesus to leave their neighborhood. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed by demons begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus refused and said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and what mercy he has shown you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. Please pray with me. Lord, you have brought us here together so that we can reflect on your healings. So we can reflect on the way you went about fixing things that were broken in this world. Lord, help us to learn what to expect from you in this story, to learn what to hope for from you in this story. Help us to be challenged by you in this story, Lord. Speak to us now through your scriptures. We ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I said, we're beginning a new sermon series that's focused on Jesus' healings in the gospel of Mark. Remember, each of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the first four books of the New Testament, they tell the story of Jesus, but they do it in slightly different ways, with slightly different emphases, focusing on different aspects of Jesus. And in Mark, there's less of Jesus doing long teachings. And because of that, his healings stand out more. Really, in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is presented as a healer as somebody who goes from town to town healing people. And most of the time, huge crowds begin following him because of those healings. And any time that we talk about Jesus' healings, I think it can raise a number of questions for us. And sometimes those questions have deep emotions inside of them too. I mean, I think of Jesus' healings And I think one of the most common questions in response to them is, why not me too? I mean, I shared this last week, that I've been in that place of having an illness that I didn't want to have, wondering, why isn't Jesus healing me? Why am I not being healed? And I know any number of us in this room, we have friends who are suffering with diagnoses. We have people we know who have passed who weren't healed. I think that question resonates throughout these stories of Jesus' healings because the truth is Jesus doesn't heal everyone in the Gospels. He doesn't heal everyone in the world as we see it right now. But that's where the title for the sermon series, I think it can be helpful. It, it comes from a quote. The sermon series is titled, Truly Natural. I know it sounds like an herbal essence campaign or something. Um, but it's not. It comes from a quote from a theologian named Jürgen Moltmann, a German theologian. And he wrote, Jesus's healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized, and wounded. Let me read that one more time. Jesus's healings are not supernatural miracles in a natural world. They are the only truly natural thing in a world that is unnatural, demonized, and wounded. With that perspective in mind, I think we can see something that's important. We get so used to looking at the world around us, to looking at the brokenness around us, to seeing the evil, the pain, and the suffering, that we start to think that it's normal. That we start to accept it. And then the miracles start to seem like the exception. But the difference is that according to God's will for the world, God's intent for the world, what Jesus shows us in his healings is meant to be the norm. It's meant to be how this world functions. And when Jesus came here, we know that he didn't come here in his earthly ministry to fix everything right away in that moment so that the kingdom of God is already here. Instead, he came here to herald what God was doing. He came here to accomplish his work on the cross, the work in the resurrection, and we're now waiting for the fulfillment of that work. So Jesus' healings, they're a glimpse of how this world was always supposed to look, but not not only that, they're a glimpse of how this world is going to look when Jesus returns. And with that perspective, I think the question with Jesus' healings, I don't think the question we ask is, why not me? But I think instead, we get to look at Jesus' healings and have hope that that's going to be the world that we live in someday. It gives us a glimpse and it becomes a source of hope for us, showing us what is truly natural in this world. So my hope is that as we go through Jesus' healings, we begin to have our imaginations changed. We begin to see these not as healings that were supposed to fix everything for all time because the truth is also everybody Jesus healed as far as we know eventually died again. They were temporary. But they give us a glimpse of what Jesus is going to do when he returns, what God is going to do when Jesus returns and the hope that we have. But there's a challenge in this also. Because, like I said, we're used to what is unnatural. We're used to what is broken. And the thing with Jesus' healings is, he doesn't just heal the things that we want him to heal, he's in the business of healing the whole world. And when you look at Jesus' healings, it's usually more than just a person that he's healing. He'll heal an, an ailment. He'll heal an illness. But there's usually something else deeper that he's healing. And sometimes we're not ready for it. And this story in Mark chapter 5 is a story of people who weren't actually ready for Jesus' healing. In this story, it's called the healing of the Gerasene demoniac. And that word demoniac is a pretty intense word. Lee, in our staff meetings, has said a number of times, it feels like there should have been some sort of 80s heavy metal band called the Demoniacs. But Jesus sails across to this region. He gets out of his boat, and right away he's confronted with this man who is truly tormented. I mean, most of Jesus' healings are him going from place to place, healing things that are broken. And here we have not just a man who is broken, but a man who is breaking himself, One commentator that I read reflecting on this passage, I think summarized the plight of the demoniac here pretty well. He wrote, even in life, he is consigned to the land of the dead. There wailing among the tombs, he wreaks havoc on himself day and night. Mark's vocabulary is raw and brutal. Even bindings, chains, and irons are unsuccessful to subdue the demoniac. Mark's description is more fitting of a ferocious animal than of a human being. This man has been living in these tombs, hurting himself, tormenting himself, isolated from everybody because nobody could contain him because he would hurt other people too. And Jesus gets off this boat. The man and the evil spirits confront him. And Mark makes it really clear. Jesus is not afraid, Jesus is not coward, and Jesus has authority over those spirits. You see this healing take place, and to me, it's powerful when you understand just how much this man is tormented and what Jesus is freeing him of. Jesus heals him, and it's beautiful. Later on in the story, we get that picture of the man sitting there with Jesus, talking in his right mind, clothed, and in that moment, you see that that is what is natural for that man. What he had experienced before was unnatural. It was wrong. It was evil. It was perverse. And Jesus came there to heal him of it. And it would be a really easy story if that was it. But there's this whole other aspect to it. Because the truth is, Jesus didn't just come to this region to heal this one man. And I think Mark makes that really clear. When you look at the whole setting here, This area that Jesus is going to, it's a Gentile area. These are not Jewish people. These are the outsiders. From a Jewish perspective, they would be viewed as unclean. This man is described as having an an unclean spirit. He's living in tombs, which would make him unclean also. There's all these clues of, according to Jewish law, things that are unclean. Again, the same commentator describing now the setting writes that, Jesus meets a man with an unclean spirit, living among unclean tombs, surrounded by people employed in unclean occupations, all in unclean Gentile territory. As Jesus shows up to this region, he doesn't want to just heal this man. This is Jesus beginning to spread out into Gentile communities, bringing healing to the unclean world. People who aren't in a covenant relationship with the God of Israel. People who don't know about what God has done through Israel. Jesus is now reaching out to them, wanting to heal them, wanting to cleanse this whole area. And one of the questions for me with this story is, what's the deal with the pigs? It's kind of weird, right? I mean, it's it's so vivid and it stands out because of that, but what is the deal with the pigs? Well, I think that one thing is that's just how the story happened. But I think there's another thing Jesus is doing here with how he plays this out, how, what he allows to have happen. There's some symbolism in this, especially in the way Mark presents it, because pigs are unclean animals also. According to Jewish law, you're not supposed to eat pigs. So anytime you eat bacon, ask for forgiveness. Also, you know, for your heart health. But pigs are unclean animals. And the way this plays out, Jesus is there to cleanse the world of uncleanliness, to heal not just this man, but the region as well. There's also a subtle possibility here. The demon says that its name is Legion, for we are many. Well, in Mark's world, in this area, the people who will be first hearing this gospel, reading this story, Legion would have brought to mind the Roman army. That's where the term legion comes from. And at this time, it hadn't really been detached from the Roman army, which is likely occupying this area also. In fact, not likely, it is occupying this area also. Remember in Jesus' town of Jerusalem, Rome was viewed as the enemy. A couple decades after Jesus dies and is resurrected, a huge revolt will take place in Jerusalem trying to overthrow the Roman Empire. So there's all these clues here in this story that when Jesus arrives to this region, he's going to shake things up. He's going to change everything about this region. And he starts it off by healing this man, this demoniac, but he also starts it off by having 2,000 pigs drown. And here's the other aspect to this. As Jesus is going about his healing, with those 2,000 pigs drowning, that's costing some people a lot of money. That's their livelihoods. That's their occupation. There's a cost here for them. When you look at all of that, you can see that Jesus, he's healing this man and he wants to continue healing, but it's going to come at a cost. He's going to shake things up. He's going to change the way people live their lives. He's going to change the way that they make money. He's going to change the way they find their livelihoods. He's going to change all of these things because there is something that is unnatural about the way it's all structured. He's going to make it natural again. But what do we see with these people? I mean, what do they do here? They began to beg Jesus. They don't beg Jesus for healing, they don't beg Jesus for teaching, they don't beg Jesus to show them the ways of God they beg Jesus to leave. Because the truth is, sometimes we're not ready for the things God wants to heal in our lives. Sometimes Jesus is healing in this world what God is doing. It's going to cost us. There's going to be things that we have become used to that are actually unnatural. We don't view it as unnatural because we're so immersed in this world that is broken, we can't see it Jesus exposes it, and all of a sudden, an area of our lives, an area of this world, an area of our town, our community, our state, our nation, needs to be healed. And we're the ones who aren't ready for Jesus' work. That's one of the challenges here with Jesus' healing. And you can see that in the Gospel of Mark, Mark is raising this up here. What this crowd does is very different. If you compare it to the other crowds that, Mark, that Jesus has experienced in the gospel of Mark, you realize other crowds had very different responses. In Mark chapter 1, there's a crowd. At once, Jesus began to spread. His fame began to spread throughout the surrounding region of Galilee. In Mark chapter 2, after Jesus does another healing, the man stands up, takes his mat. He wasn't able to walk. Now he is. And everybody says that they're amazed. They begin to glorify God saying, we have, seen, we have never seen anything like this. Sometimes we're ready for Jesus' healing. Sometimes we respond to it. Sometimes Jesus heals an area in life that we want him to heal. Sometimes we're completely unprepared for what he's going to do in our lives. It comes with a challenge. It comes with a sacrifice. And we simply don't want it to happen because we're human and because we don't really understand what it is Jesus is doing. I think with this story, Mark is giving us this cautionary tale of these people in this region with the garrison demoniac. A beautiful thing has happened in front of them. A man has been healed, but they're not ready to accept the full cost of what Jesus wants to do. I think the question for us is as we begin looking at all of these stories of Jesus' healings and the question for each of you is are you ready for Jesus' healing? Are you ready for Jesus to come into your life to actually heal things in your life to begin to restore this broken creation all around us knowing that it may cost you some things? Are you ready to lay that at the feet of Jesus? Embrace what he's doing. Are you ready to let go of assumptions you've had? Assumptions you might have held your entire life. Understanding that Jesus heals this whole world, not just the things we want him to. These stories of Jesus' healings, they can challenge us. They should challenge us. They will challenge us. But we also have to remember there is hope here. With each of these stories in the midst of the challenge, there's this hope here because the promise is that these healings, they are a glimpse of what is to come. That God will accomplish the work. This world will be healed. And I guess I would just suggest to all of us, rather than fight Jesus on this, let's just humble ourselves and be open to the work he might do in all of our lives. And if all of a sudden you find yourself being asked to give up something that makes you uncomfortable, being asked to give up an idea, an affiliation, a practice that makes you uncomfortable, just be open to maybe that's the Holy Spirit making you uncomfortable. And Jesus is working to heal something in your life. Please pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your healings. Lord, we will begin now for the next few months looking at how you healed this world. Sometimes, Lord, we'll walk away with hope, but sometimes we'll walk away with a challenge. Help us to discern when it's you challenging us, Lord. Help us to discern what it is you're challenging us to. Help us in the midst of discomfort we might feel to beneath that feel hope, Lord to recognize that sometimes we're the ones who aren't actually ready for your healing. Lord, help us to see hope in these stories and help us to see the challenge in them as well, that we might experience the life you'd have for us, Lord, and be ready for the day when you return and establish your kingdom and sickness and death and illness are all distant memories. And as we continue worshiping...
0: Give me faith To trust what you what do you say that your Your spirit's strong in me My flesh may fail